0: Welcome to 10 Minutes of Torah. We're going to talk about Passover. Passover begins tomorrow night and we're going to talk about the significance of the holiday and what it's supposed to mean because we we say these slogans, we constantly say statements, but we don't really think what we're talking about. The celebration of Passover is about the exodus, freedom, no longer subjugated to Pharaoh, no longer slaves. Now, realistically, why is that a relevant conversation? The Egyptians are further back in history from the Romans than the Romans are to us. I mean, this is thousands of years ago. This is so long ago. that We have a hard time imagining how long ago it was. You know, it's, it's a long time. And are we really concerned that we'd still be slaves today? I mean, even the Haggadah itself says that <clears throat> addresses this issue talks about it. The truth is that God actually says that if it were not for the excess, we would still be slaves. What exactly does that mean? Is it realistic that we would actually be slaves? Well, the concept of slavery, in the literal sense, maybe would be different. Who knows? But the meaning of the, and the significance of the holiday is much more significant. The significance of the holiday is about how it relates to our lives. What does it mean to be enslaved in our own lives? Today, 2023, what does it mean to be enslaved and what does it mean to be redeemed? How do we accomplish the exodus in our own lives? So, the Hebrew word for Egypt is Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim means Egypt. It's the modern term for it as well. But the word Mitzrayim comes from the word Mitzar, which means a constraint or a limitation, some sort of external limitation. Now the truth is that limitations don't have to be external. They could be internal limitations as well. In other words, we could be in a state of Egypt, in a state of Mitzrayim, in a state of limitation by some external force, but it could also be from our internal force. The sages in the Talmud say that every, every exile is referred to by Mitzrayim. Because it's all an exile. The concept of exile is about limitations, con- constraints. Not being able to live and fully express ourselves by who we truly are. And What exactly does that mean? What exactly does it mean that we can't fully live, live our lives and express ourselves in a, true, in a true state of being? Well, for a human being, it's different than for an animal. For an animal, it's different than for a plant. You see, if a plant were provided nutrients, water, sunshine, and it's rooted in the ground, it's perfectly wonderful. It's got everything it needs. But if you take an animal and tie it to one place, provide it with nutrients and sunlight and water, whatever it needs, one thing is that it's tied to its place. It can't leave the location that it's at. That's constraints. That's limitation. That's exile for that animal. Now if you take an animal and give it everything it needs and allow it to roam, then it's wonderful. It's free. It doesn't need wisdom. It doesn't need to study. It doesn't need to learn. It doesn't need to grow and develop personally. But if you take a human being and you give it all the needs of an animal, food, shelter, nutrients, whatever it is, but you don't provide that human with the ability to study and to develop its mind and to appreciate things beyond itself, that's a state of constraint. It's a state of limitation, exile for that human being. If you take a Jew who has a godly soul, and you allow them everything that they need, except for the ability to fully express their godly soul, that's constraint, that's exile, that's limitations. Now, what's interesting is that you look around today, and we see an a, a, a phenomenon which is exactly what's described as what the Egyptian slavery contained. So think about this in, the, about this concept. The Egyptian slavery it says that the Egyptians enslaved the Jewish people in a manner which was called avodat perach. Now the literal translation of the word, if you look in a translated version of the text, it will probably say something like backbreaking labor. But what the sages explain. This labor was not just backbreaking difficult labor it was futile labor it was pointless labor they would constantly give the Jewish people work that they would not see the achievement the accomplishment they would not appreciate what they were working for they say a famous parable of the king who's traveling through a field and he sees someone working in the fields waving his sickle very gracefully harvesting wheat and so mesmerized by the, by, the, by the sight, he says to his people, he says, you know what, I'd love to be able to watch that person work at any time, whenever I so choose. Go offer him to work for me in the palace. They go over to the fellow, how much do you make? Whatever the number was, we'll offer you double that, triple that. Come and work for the king. What does the king need? He wants you to do the same motions that you're doing out in the field, he wants you to do it outside his palace window. So he could watch, he could look out the window and see you moving so gracefully with your sickle whenever he wants. So they go out to the field, they offer the person the job, and the guy's overjoyed. Amazing. (coughs) Much more comfortable environment, better pay, wonderful. First thing in the morning, he gets up the next day, he's working in the king's palace, in the king's courtyard, waving his sickle in the thin air. An hour goes by, two hours go by, Middle of the day, he comes into the court the, to the royal palace and says, I quit. You quit? What's that supposed to mean? You're getting paid triple the amount you're getting paid before. You're, live, you're in an, a comfortable environment, not out in the field. It's so much easier. He says, Yeah, but I don't see the point. I'm waving my sickle in thin air. During the day, when I'm at work out in the field, I'm waving it against the stalks of grain and I see the achievement. I can look back and feel a sense of accomplishment. This is what the Egyptian slavery entailed. It was working with pointless labor. They would give people who are skilled in one profession, give them a deliberately give them a job to do in a different line of work, something that they weren't skilled to do. And they would constantly destroy any of the work that they had worked on before. They would, it says that they would make them build cities over quicksand, so it would constantly sink into the ground and have to be rebuilt. The point is that if you think about it today, so many of us experience the same thing. We go through life working. For what purpose? For what end? What are we gaining? What are we accomplishing? What are we achieving? Get up in the morning, go to work, monotonous labor. For what achievement? We're building a career. It's a wonderful thing. But at the end of the day, what, are we, what, what is the eternal value in what we're achieving and that's a question that bothers a lot of people but it's a very confronting question so a lot of people are very uncomfortable considering it it's it's a disturbing question because at the end of the day ultimately what's the purpose of everything that I'm doing of course there's a necessity to earn a living to earn a roof over my head once that's satisfied once I have food to eat I have a place to live why the drive to work harder, to achieve more, to gain greater achievements in the c- career that I'm working on? It comes with greater demands, longer hours, more distraction. Why do we do it? And where we get do the, the, we get the motivation to do it? So in fact, Hasidic writings talk about how the motivation to continuously work on something which we don't fully value don't really see internal value from comes from our godly soul because our godly soul is unlimited it's it's connected it's it's one with the infinite it has infinite power and infinite potential it's able to constantly work and constantly achieve our finite selves don't have that sense of constant work don't have that ability to maintain something on an ongoing basis Sorry. So, our ability to work continuously, to constantly work on and grow in our particular careers, comes from our godly soul. But our godly soul doesn't value that. Our godly soul doesn't see the sense of accomplishment over there. Our godly soul is interested in eternal value. Real connection to something that transcends ourselves. Our connection to God. So, when we are consistently working and strengthening our physical work and our physical careers, what we're actually doing is exiling our soul. Our soul in this is in a state of mitraim, in a state of limitation. It can't fully express itself, can't properly express itself. And it's very painful for us. And that's why so many people have a hard time finding satisfaction in their physical achievements. They get a promotion, they get to the next position, they sell the business, whatever they, ex- thing that they're working towards, and then they are looking for the next thing. They're looking for something else. So they buy another physical thing to satisfy that urge. Buy a second house, a boat, or this or that. Something to make them, to fill that hole. The problem is that the hole is not filled by physical items. The The hole is filled by spiritual and godly connection, by infinite value, by eternal value. So the exodus for each of us is really about connecting to our true selves to our godly soul. And if you think about it, this this is what Moses says to Pharaoh, because most of us are familiar with the statement that Moses says, let my people go, but the problem is that that's only a half a statement. What Moses actually says, if you look in the text, Moses actually says, let my people go so that they may worship me, they may serve me in the wilderness. The purpose of the Exodus was to go to Mount Sinai and receive the Torah. What it seems like on the on the face of it, it seems like it's exchanging one taskmaster, one one figure of that's dominating and enslaving, in other words, Pharaoh, for another figure that's dominating and enslaving, God. But the truth is that that's not what it's about, because Pharaoh was, was causing us to do things against our nature and forcing us to do things that are not in line with our true selves. And God is sharing with us a roadmap, a path, A guidebook, that's what the Torah is, a guidebook for how to express our truest selves, how to express our soul. And that's what the Exodus is all about. The Exodus is not about freedom that is just about no constraints, no limitations, complete free expression and free whatever. That's not what it's about. It's about the pathway, the guide, how to connect to our truest self. That's why, as long as we are pursuing some physical achievement, we never feel truly satisfied. It's only when we connect to the truest, most eternal and infinite elements of of our existence, namely the study of Torah, fulfillment of mitzvahs, connecting to God in the deepest way, that's when we find true satisfaction. That's when we find true happiness. That's why the Torah tells us that we should work. We have to. We have an obligation to work, but it should be a work of our hands. In other words, more of our external faculties, our external selves. We work and achieve in the physical world, but we recognize at the same time, while we're doing that, that's not our truest self. That's not what really defines us. What really defines us is our internal, eternal and infinite selves, our soul. And that's why, when we live in that manner, we're able to find and appreciate the value in the work. We're able to appreciate the true self, who we are. And that's how we fully express the concept of freedom, the concept of the Exodus. That's how we are able to truly be free. So, we'll wrap it up with a wish, I hope, for each one of us, that we should find that pathway in our lives, and our connection to our godly soul. The Torah provides the guidebook, the Torah provides the guidelines of how to find those points of connection, but we each have to actually live it in order to actually experience it. So this year, Passover, it's not just about freedom from some type of external or even internal constraint, it's about connecting to our very truest selves, to our godly soul. Thanks for joining this week's 10 Minutes of Torah. I hope you found this interesting. I'd love to hear your questions, comments, contentions, and whatever the case, join us next week. For 10 Minutes of Torah, have a great Passover and a fantastic rest of your week.